0: The Anton Savage Show, Sunday. Brought to you by PWC. Combining talent and technology, we're hardwired to find solutions. On News Talk. Now, my next guest is a reality star. He's turned social media star now, and he's known for a wide range of podcasts and also his entrepreneurial efforts, and of course, his connection to Ireland and our own Vogue Williams. Spencer Matthews, thank you very much for joining us on News Talk today.
1: Morning. How are you getting on? I don't think I've ever been called a social media star before. That's, that's great.
0: There you go. Um, well, that's how most people would would probably have known you in the beginning. But now here in Ireland, I have to say, you're just 50% of a very famous couple. Vogue's success here recently with her um, her her partner, uh, Joanne McNally, has been extraordinary. Um, I, you must be very proud of her.
1: I was about to say, and I'm incredibly proud of her. I think... Um, you know, who knew podcasting was gonna go the way that it's uh, gone? It's it's pretty remarkable stuff. We started um Spencer and Vogue in lockdown and then uh and and then my therapist ghosted me followed. And uh I mean yeah, they're literally filling arenas. It's the most incredible thing to witness.
0: Well, it's brilliant. Like, it it reminds me a bit of what people say about a book. You know, everyone has one book in them, but not everybody should do it. But she's certainly brilliant, as are you on the podcast you have with Vogue. But look, we're here to talk about you. So let's go right back to the beginning where most of us would have known you from, Made in Chelsea. I wanted to find out, um, Spencer, did you always see yourself as somebody who would be in the limelight or in entertainment? What was your ambition when you were a little child? What did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Ooh, crikey! This is a an interesting question. Um, my mother was an artist, and I, I, I always I always loved watching her paint. So I kind of I wanted to be um, creative in some way. Uh, I always wanted to be an actor. Actually, when I was younger, I went to kind of I, I did theatre and went to went to film school um, after school, and. Um, yeah, I kind of, I've, I've wanted to be in television or entertainment for most of my life. Yeah. Mm. So, was, was, was pretty happy when uh, I eventually got the opportunity to do so.
0: Well, look, I'm a big reality TV star, uh, uh, not star, I'm not a star, but I'm a big fan. <laughs> um, and I, like everyone, I get sucked into them. I have to say Maiden Chelsea wasn't one for me because I could never quite figure out how much of it was reality and how much of it was staged. It's interesting that you said you wanted to be an actor. Like what percentage of that is all constructed and, and orchestrated?
1: I think the kind of uh, the construction and orchestrated side of things uh, began to creep in a little more as the series progressed. Mm. So, you know, when it was brand new and fresh and, and quite original, I'd say that the scenes um, were, were kind of less um, uh, orchestrated. They, it, was, it was, you know, it felt pretty real. And the engagement and conversations that you were having on camera were less structured. Um, and then, of course, because in reality we're not, you know, the world's most interesting people. Uh, <laughs> we, we kind of need a little bit of help with, with storylines and, you know, we've had some great writers and stuff. But at no point are you given a script, um, but the conversations can be guided somewhat quite heavily by, produ- by producers.
0: Mm. Now, look, how, how long did you stay there for? Like, how, how long were you part of that show?
1: Far too long, as long as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, um, but no, we, we were, well, no, I, I mean, you know, I, I kind of, I never really saw the show... Uh, as any kind of end game like for me I was I was keen uh, to explore the genre whilst it was fresh and interesting uh, and kind of use it as um, something to do other things in in television and entertainment I you know I don't think anybody imagined the success that it would have I mean it's still running Mm. and I left 10 years ago or something so it's kind of uh, I think I was on the show for five and a half years something like that okay but it certainly feels like a distant memory I mean you know, have had had the good fortune to be able to do lots of uh, stuff that I really care about since. And um, you know, I don't I don't dislike the show. It's just that it's it, it's um it's not really relevant to me anymore. As I say, it feels like something that I did, you know, when I was a kid. Absolutely. I was 19, I think, when when I filmed the first scene. I'm 35 now, you know.
0: And it's led you down some very interesting paths and as I said at the outset, you've got a number of different podcasts now. Um, the one I, I suppose I like best is is Big Fish, really. And if anyone hasn't listened to it, I would really encourage you to do so because it's a fascinating exploration of people who are successful. But also, Spencer, you do manage manage very well to get a lot of great detail and insights into people's mind. You have a a great knack of making people be very honest with you. Um maybe you just gave our listeners uh, um your interpretation of what that big fish podcast is about.
1: Um it's thank you by the way um for for, for saying you listen to it and that you you like it. That's kind. Um it, it, we uh, I'm looking to basically explore the mindset and, and the resilience behind becoming great, right? So mm. I, I attempt to kind of invite on um, famous CEOs or in some cases just very famous people with excellent careers um, and dig into what it is that gave them the edge mm. when becoming who they've become. And kind of uh, often our guests have had um, to, to kind of wade through um, so some, some pretty serious stuff. You know, there's a fair amount of addiction and, and kind of, you know, alcohol misuse or, or trauma when they were children. And it's kind of, it interests me to understand um, what led them to become great, essentially. Mm. And, and it's almost always... Um, well, interesting but unique and different. Um, so every episode is kind of uh, a very different insight into a great person. Absolutely. And I, I love that podcast as well. It, yeah, no, it uh, it,
0: it really is. Know, a... I, I, I
1: love working with my wife, but this is this kind of feels a little bit different. It's yeah. obviously the Spencer and Vogue it is a is a comedy, and we aim to entertain people. This is um, probably a bit heavier, and 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 it's. Uh, yeah, I kind of usually leave the interview suite feeling something. You know, it moves me in some way.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting you say people have to wade through things and you've certainly had your own challenges um, in life, uh, not least um, with addiction issues yourself, I suppose. And that has led you into another part of your business and entrepreneurship, which is your company, Clean Co. Maybe just tell us about how that arrived and, and how it's doing now.
1: Yeah, so um, CleanCo was the, the product of trying to fix a problem in my own life. I abused alcohol for for many years. Uh was what you'd call a, a kind of problem drinker, I suppose. I never know what to say around this alcoholic and problem drinking. There are so many different ways of calling it. But at the end of the day, I, I drank too much and too regularly. Um, I wanted to make some positive change in my life. I went T-Total for, I think it was kind of three and a half years, something like that. I, I wasn't... Um, Counting the days, you know, I, mm. I I kind of had certain milestones, I suppose. Uh, but I wanted to essentially reframe my relationship with alcohol, uh, and I, I noticed very early on that there was kind of nothing to replace that um, that cocktail, you know, in the market at the time. And you know, non-alcoholic beer is, is huge now because the quality of the zero-zero beers. Um, has gotten really good. You know, you can enjoy a non-alcoholic beer and, you know, not re- you, your experience won't really change uh, in comparison to having an alcoholic beer, of course, and, unless you're trying to get drunk. Uh, but that social experience feels the same. So I wanted to do the same for cocktails. And we created non-alcoholic gin, rum, whiskey, tequila, uh, and vodka. And, you know, we you can mix pretty much any cocktail you like and it tastes the same and you've got that kind of feel and sensation of drinking an alcoholic cocktail Uh, with absolutely no alcohol in it. And um, I'm proud to say we're now the the largest independent non-alcoholic spirits brand in the world.
0: Well, congratulations. Now, listening to your podcast with your wife is very different to the one with Big Fish. And I suppose it's charming in a way because you've got that lovely banter with each other. um, And yet there's real and deep love. You can tell at the heart of it all. It's it's called Spencer and Vogue. And I, I understand that there's a tour coming from it now.
1: Yeah, no, so we, we've had the, the great pleasure of already doing a few dates in Ireland. Uh, I want to thank anyone who's come to our shows in Ireland. The Irish crowd is just phenomenal. Like, we feel so supported and that feeling of coming off stage is, is just wonderful here. We love it. And we've got some more dates um, next year. I, I believe it's starting from March, early March.
0: And um, the tour, is it, is it like the podcast or, or, or what can people expect if they go to this show?
1: Um, it's, a, it's a bit more of a production. I think you'd, you'd probably enjoy the tour even if you hadn't listened to the show. It's, mm. it's uh, you know, it has... The podcast really is off the cuff, right? So we, we obviously bring topics to the table and we kind of know roughly, you know, what we're going to talk about and when. But, we you know, we, we veer off-piste mm-hmm. the entire time and just have fun with it. The show, obviously, I think it would be slightly riskier uh, to do that. So we've, we've kind of mapped out and planned... Uh, stuff that we believe will entertain you and you know it's, it's as i say it 's a bit more of a production it 's a stage show um, there 's a lot that goes on on stage we 're not just sat there with with microphones um you know there 's some music there's there 's a lot of detail uh, about particularly embarrassing moments from our past uh you know videos pictures and i th- I think you know if you uh if you 're kind enough to to be you know a fan of ours in any way you 'll probably hear and see things that you wouldn't ordinarily see on the podcast.
0: Well, look, it's a great gift for somebody if you're thinking about a new stocking filler uh, as we approach Christmas. That that next leg of the tour is in March, Spencer. Before I let you go, I want to talk to you about another um, project that you've. Oh, like it's, it's 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 such a sensitive issue, but it's your documentary called "Finding Michael." It was released in March of this year, and it's about your journey to to find the body of your older brother Michael, who died on Mount Everest in an expedition. Um. I, it's a, it's just a very emotional watch for anyone, but it is an extraordinary journey that you go through. How challenging was that for you uh, to go there under such emotionally charged circumstances?
1: Um, it was certainly a very interesting time in my life that I'll remember um, forever. I'm really glad we made the film, and I was um, I was really pleased with the way it turned out and the way that people responded to it. I thought was um, was great. You know, I've, I've never uh being one to care overly about what people you know think but you know that was a, a very personal uh and pretty deep project i was only 10 when michael died so at that age wasn't really uh equipped to 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 fully understand um death and his his passing so i I never really processed it, uh, properly. So this was an opportunity, uh, all these years later to, to really kind of think about it, dig into it, go to Everest. I spent five and a half weeks at base camp, um, which, you know, is, 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 a, is is pretty high and the air is quite thin. And it was an interesting time, obviously being so close physically mm. to him, you know, that's the closest I've been to him, uh, in over 20 years. So, uh, yeah, and we, we conducted a search and um, I don't want to ruin the ending if you haven't seen the film. So it sits on Disney Plus and it's called Finding Michael. But it's, uh, no, it was an incredible thing to do. We worked with uh, amazing people and yeah, as I say, it's...
0: Uh, it is, it, I, I
1: hope it's worth a watch.
0: It is certainly worth a watch. Now, before I let you go, Spencer, I have one final question. It's a question you ask everyone on uh, that podcast, Big Fish. What does success look like to Spencer Matthews?
1: Um, what does success look like to me? I mean, God, I ask all my guests, it, you and do. I get asked it myself. Um, so what does success look like to me? Um, kind of being loved, I think by the people closest around you, um, having freedom of some kind to spend with those people, time, you know, being able to use your time, um, well, health, you know, I think it's, it's not so much overlooked anymore, but Your health, I think, is your most valuable asset. You know, there is no point in achieving anything in life if you're not healthy. Um, So,
0: yeah, I guess that's that's a good way to end because you can fix everything else, but, you know, you can't fix your health, so you got to look after yourself. But Spencer, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed talking to you and thank you very much for spending some time with us today.
1: Thank you so much. Have a great day. The Anton Savage Show. Brought to you by PWC. Sunday mornings from 10. On News Talk.